Welcome to the Truth Testifies podcast, where true struggles are brought to light to encourage and heal ourselves and others. We all struggle, be encouraged in it, listen, then participate. Hosted by John Trent. I'm going to make this as short of an intro as possible because uh, this is part two of a two-part episode deal I'm putting out, I guess. And uh, basically, it ended up being a pretty long conversation between a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Vince Marquis, of Love City Church there in Norwood in Cincinnati, Ohio. So if you haven't heard part one, you need to go back an episode and listen to part one. Otherwise, part two is not going to make any sense at all. So definitely need to go back and check out part one. It's a great story. So, uh, you know, you, it's definitely something worth the time. I, I feel like it was, it was a pleasure talking with him. And I, honestly, I gained a lot of more understanding of him in that than maybe I had even beforehand. So it was really good for me. And I, I'm, I'm confident that it's going to be for good for somebody that's listening to this. So just remember that if you want to subscribe or contribute in any way or anything like that, or even if you want to be a next guest, you know, right now I don't have another a uh, interview or something planned for the episode next week. And I, I definitely need that to continue to put out episodes of this. And so if you're interested in being a part of that or spreading the news all the information for all of that is at truthtestifies.com. It's mobile format friendly, so you can go on your smartphone or desktop, laptop, whatever's connected to the internet. It's going to show up and look great. And you can listen to episodes there from any device and it'll work. So just go there, check it out, send me an email or, or give me a call on the number listed there if you're interested in, in being the guest on next week's episode. So... It would be a pleasure to have any one of you on here, you know, no matter no matter the, what the story is or how complicated it is or even if it's been redeemed or not, if it's something that you're in the middle of, it's it's going to be helpful to somebody. I just know it will be. So, here's part 2. Enjoy. So, um I I guess the it is the next question I would ask is is how did I mean, obviously you, you were brought to Christ and, and he started doing works in you and started healing you and opening you up and everything like that. And I know in my own story, and I'm sure, you know, possibly in yours, there's still ways that that creeps into, you know, your your future life from that point on and then into even to now where there's almost like a ripple effect of consequences and issues that you you had to maybe battle through after that fact. Yes, absolutely. Um, If you were to ask me today, what, in what way am I most prone to sin? I would tell you that uh, to not regard the the words of Pastor James uh, in James one, it says that we should be, you know, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Uh, And Proverbs says that, you know, a quick tempered man is a fool. And, uh, I still, to this day, can have a tendency to have a short wick, mm-hmm. and uh, I hate it because I fully believe what the Bible says. I believe that a, 
being quick tempered is foolish and it only leads to trouble. Yeah. Uh, but I still, I can still relate so much to Paul when he says, you know, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. You know, my deepest desire is to serve Jesus and to make him look good and bring him glory. But oftentimes, um, because of pride or remnants of, you know, painful, uh, coping mechanisms in my own heart and mind, uh, I will be, I will be quick to be frustrated and quick to be angry. And so that's something I have to watch very carefully with my family. Um, there's many times I'll have to stop and repent to either the kids or my wife. I'm not really a yeller, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty severe of character anyways, pretty, you know, motivated and mission focused. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes just the expression on my face, you know, they can tell. And, uh, I don't want my wife and kids in in any way to think that, you know, my primary emotion towards them is frustration. And, uh, I don't think it is, you know, by God's grace today, I'm, I'm much less prone to anger than I was at other times, but right. You know, even recently I, I still do, uh, I still do some contracting work and uh, I was working in an apartment building and uh, I was running a circular saw down the side of a door to trim it because it wasn't fitting in the jam right. And uh, so the first problem was I was using a circular saw as a planer, which is always yeah. a bad idea, but uh, it was what I, it was what I had with me. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I was doing. And uh, I had a guy there helping me hold the door. Yeah. This guy comes out of his apartment. And, uh, he didn't like the sawdust and the noise. And yeah. So, uh, I'm about halfway down the door. You know, I know you do this stuff too. So, you know, I mean, this is a really precision cut. I'm trying to take off a quarter inch of a door. Right. While it's hung, you know, vertical. Yeah. And, uh, I'm running this saw and I can see this guy at the corner of my eye and I can see he's animated and yelling something at me, but I can't hear him because of the saw. Right. And, uh, I'm halfway through the cut and I can't stop. So, I know he's mad. I'm thinking, okay, let me just finish this cut. and I'll talk to him, let him know we'll clean the sawdust up. It'll be okay. Well, I get another couple inches through the cut, and this guy comes over with his fist and just starts banging on the door that I'm cutting. Wow. Um, and so the, the saw jumps. You know, I had to pretty much throw the saw to keep it from cutting the guy that I was, was helping me hold the door. Yeah. And, uh, brother, I mean, the old man came out. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I was up in this guy's face, you know, and it was crazy because it wasn't like I, I didn't even have time to think through, okay, you're a Christian that loves Jesus. How's this going to affect your witness? Like there was none of that. It was mm-hmm. an instant, just an instant fleshly reaction just jumped up out of me. And I was in this guy's face, man. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you everything I said. I don't think I swore at him, but I did tell him, if he ever did that again, I was going to throw him down a set of stairs. And so yeah. definitely not Christ-like. Uh, no. Definitely not a good representation of Jesus. Um, but I'm thankful to God that repentance is available. And uh, so when everything simmered down, I repented to the guy I was working with because I knew I didn't represent Jesus well to him. And Right went and repented to the guy I yelled at and explained to him calmly why it was extremely dangerous to bang on a door that someone's cutting. Yeah. And, uh, we were able to come to an understanding, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, 
that's an example of how some of the remnants of sinful behaviors from my past can can creep back into uh you know my day now and uh I'm just so thankful that repentance is a real and available gift from God and that not only teach me to you know after that initial explosion of sinful anger and I really think about it you know there was a time in my life I'd have never gone back and apologized to that guy because pride wouldn't let me yeah but because of Jesus man and and how humble he is and the example he set for me um I, I didn't care what the guy thought other than I wanted him to know I was sorry that I treated him that way yeah and uh I'm just thankful that not only can that work with other people when we violate them, that God is so faithful to accept our repentance. Um, if, if that wasn't true, bro, I wouldn't have a hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really amazing. Just, I, you know, to stories like that are, you know, there's a lot of them at the same time. It's difficult, you know, for for people going through it to see like, you know, God works on you. It's not it's not like you've you find God, you find Jesus and all of a sudden like things are better. Like, you know, God works on you through those situations even and and continually kinda like refines you and and, and molds you and you know, it's about persevering through those times and 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 like you said, it's it's about shedding away the pride to be able to go back and and seek repentance from that guy and from God and realize that it was wrong. Like that's that's huge on itself. So you know, it's it's not like all of a sudden you uh, you know you find Christ and you go from this this dirt pile to this you know clean deal. Like sometimes you you get a little muddy every once in a while. And, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm super glad that you, you shared that even extremely recent story of how it still affects you. And yet, you know, there's still forgiveness and redemption and all that attached to it, even through all those circumstances. And especially as, as a pastor, I know that, you know, you're super honest and real and, and, and that's partly why I definitely wanted to have you on as a guest, but, you know, some pastors struggle with, well, you know, if I say that I, I do these things and people are going to think that it's okay. And it's not about that. It's about showing that, Hey, this isn't okay, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but also doesn't mean that you can't have forgiveness from it. And so that's, that's a great story. I super appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. And and to your point that pastors feel this pressure to, they feel a pressure to be Jesus really. Um, and some of it is self inflicted. Some of it is inflicted upon them by people that don't understand the nature of the doctrine of sanctification. Right. Ultimately we are going to be in a continual state of improvement until either Jesus comes to get us or we breathe our last breath. And so it's, it's being real and being, being able to talk about that type of stuff. And first John talks about walking in the light as, as he is in the light. And, you know, that's, that's a big thing for us at Love City, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, it wasn't within 30 minutes. I was on the phone with one of the other elders at Love City telling them what I did, what happened and asking them to pray for me. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's the other key, man, is 
if, if we're going to defeat sin in our life and we're going to have any progression along that process of sanctification, we have to live in the light. We can't wear the Christian mask. We can't do the show up to church and, you know, gather with God's people and treat it like a country club and a contest for who's doing the best. And, you know, I tell our folks all the time, man, if you're going to break down and, and, and cry, or you're going to, you're going to have a hard day. Don't, don't do that on Monday, man. Do that, do that with God's people. Don't come here and be fake. Don't wear a mask. That's, that's not helping anybody. First of all, you, right. If if you're struggling, come and, come and say it. And if you have that, if you have that as a part of your culture, um, man, I'm, I'm, I try to be brutally honest from the pulpit. I try to let people know where my shortcomings are because a, I don't want them putting me on a pedestal where only Jesus belongs. I think that's Mm -hmm. a major problem. Um, people want to have somebody in front of their eyes that they can idolize. But the problem is whatever you idolize, you demonize and, you know, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to yeah. be worshipped. I want people to know that I'm I'm still frail. And uh, just because God called me to preach the Bible and be a leader among God's people, doesn't mean I've come anywhere close to perfection. Man. Yeah. I'm still broken and in desperate need of the help of the Holy Spirit to make it through uh, most hours of the day. Yeah, I definitely think it's a struggle because uh, you know people put the gifting of pastoring and shepherding and preaching kind of above, you know, other gifts of serving, you know, whether it be on the streets, you know, with, I know you guys do a lot of stuff with homeless people throughout everybody in your church and everything. And, and, you know, all, all those gifts are, you know, just as valuable, just like, you know, it, and so it's, it, I think that is awesome to, to definitely, there's more pastors that are stepping into the role of like, Hey, this is, I'm in this role because I'm gifted with it. But other than that, other than my gifts being different than yours, there's no difference between you and me. And and like, and the more real that pastors are, the more real that churches are going to get, and the more like true healing and true deliverance from sins that people are going to be able to get for themselves, and then spread that on to other people. And that's really like the true gospel right there. Like that, it's it's not like you were saying this this, you know, show up to church and get get your repentance taken care of and then go back to other stuff. Like, it represents a an ongoing organic life that's, you know, centered around Christ throughout, you know, all things or whatever. So that's that's super awesome. I, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny because it's like, I was like, it would be great to start out with a pastor just to show, like, how anybody can do this, especially in a Christian world, like it's easy, like you said, to put pastors on a pedestal, like, no, like, let's start with a guy that is going to, like, just throw it all out there and be real, so, like, I'm super pumped that that you were, you know, able to be the first person that kind of came on here and responded to it, and, and I hope that, hope that everybody's able to, you know, get a lot of more understanding of, of what this podcast is about, because I think unknowingly you embodied the goal of it really well in your story and just the way that you talked and everything. And I think that's just an example of if you put gospel at the center, what you're going to do, there's going to be a lot of similarities, no matter what kind of medium or purpose or goal that's, you know, practically in front of it. So super appreciate it, man. Amen. I really appreciate the opportunity. 
my great hope is that if somebody has uh, more excitement about Jesus or more hope for a gospel mission as a result of hearing any of this, then, uh, you know, putting all my laundry out there is worth it, man. I don't care how I look in the end. I'm, I'm all about making King Jesus look good because he's worthy of that. He's worthy to be adored and, uh, he's worthy to be worshiped. And so I know that's your great goal as well, man, to see as many people as possible worship Jesus. And, uh, that's what I've decided I'm going to spend my whole life doing. So, Amen. I appreciate the opportunity, and I hope this helps a whole bunch of people, man. Yeah. Amen. Thanks, brother. You're welcome.